to another episode of Bitter and Jaded. I'm your host, Joshua Scott, and today I have with me a woman that is so effortlessly cool that I'm surprised she picked up the phone. My good friend, Marie. How are you, Marie? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> anytime, anytime. How have you been? You, you've been all right? I've been okay. Yeah, that's what we shoot for, is a good, solid okay. Um, well, tell a little bit, people a little bit about yourself. So, um, I'm from Boston. Um, I'm an illustrator. I'm trying to become a tattoo artist, but I also work at a vet hospital. I love animals and not a super huge fan of people, but you know, they're there. They're cool, I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I'm super weird. I'm like into alt stuff. Um, I miss fucking Afropunk and I want to go back really fucking bad, but (laughs) that's, that's, that's it. (laughs) Well, let's start from the beginning. You're from Boston. Tell people a little bit about Boston because I've never been to Boston. And the only thing I know about them is they have baked beans. They do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are they anything to write home about? Um, No. Boston is just like a knockoff New York, okay? Like, <laughs> seriously. like <laughs> No, it's like, it's. I mean, it's okay. Like, I miss that it's, Boston is like super diverse, which is cool. Like, I feel like. Cause I like food. I'm fat, so I miss like Boston has like tons of different kind of food. Like I feel like down here I don't have like a huge huge variety, but up there it's like Cape Verdean food and freaking Puerto Rican food, Dominican food. Like there's all this stuff that I miss. That's probably like the only thing that I miss about being up there. Because also like I would never live in Boston again. I will never drive up there again. Never, never, <laughs> never in my life. No. Why? What's I mean? You love the food so much. <laughs> nothing would bring you back. What the hell's wrong with Boston? <laughs> I can't drive up there again, okay? Like, I can't do it. I'm traumatized, all right? Trying to drive in Boston is, like, a battle. Granted, trying to drive in New York is a fucking war, but (laughs) (laughs) trying to drive in Boston is fucking awful. Like, people just really try to commit suicide all day. Like, why are you trying to kill yourself? Like, the the thing is green. Go away. Like, no, I don't. I'm I'm good. It's like hella cramps. Like, I left for a reason, you know? Like, I just want to move back and be closer. Like, I want to be, like, in, I think I'm going to end up moving to Maine because I used to, um, my aunt used to live there. So, like, it's kind of chill there. Like, it's almost like Georgia up there. Like, it's more rural Mm. and, like, there's more, um, forest and shit. So, like, I like to, like, hike and stuff. I can't really do that where I'm at right now. Um, I miss Skidaway so fucking bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I think I'm going to end up moving there and then just be closer to family because I cannot. I already told them. I was like, I miss y'all. I love y'all, but I'm not living in Boston ever again. Fuck that shit. Nope. Mm -mm. It's just the traffic. The traffic is... I've never heard that. I've never heard. I never want to go back because the traffic was so bad. You couldn't just use, like, public transit? You couldn't call an Uber? Or Uber's just trying to die, too? No, you can call Uber, but, like... So, you can call Uber. It's expensive because it's a city. But then, too, um, you can get on the T, like, the, the public, you know, transportation. It goes pretty much everywhere, which is which is straight. But if you go when it's hella busy, like, you will literally have people up your ass. Like, it's, it's like, the same thing you see on freaking TV where people all crowded and they can't freaking breathe. Like, that's how it is on the train in Boston. Like, if you go at the off times or if you're going to like the suburbs or some shit it might be chill but like it's so crowded like i don't like people on me like get on me <laughs> get <laughs> like space bubble like i don't know i just i don't i'm not i'm not a fan granted it's way better than like marta or anything but yeah well um, almost anything is 
<laughs> for real, like anything is better than Marta. Yeah, but like I mean, yeah, like you can get around. <laughs> right. Because that's the only good thing. Like, so it goes mad places. So if you wanted to go downtown and like get drunk and then just get on the train and come back, like you could do that. I mean, it doesn't stay mad late. I think the last train is like two or something. But but you could go and like not have to worry about parking. Because like if you're going to like Fenway to like go to a game or some shit or like you're trying to go anywhere downtown, like. Parking is no. You're not. You're not. You're not gonna find parking. And if you do, somebody's probably gonna fuck your car up. <laughs> so like, it is easier <laughs> to get on the T. But like, I just, mm, just people. Like, I just don't. I don't want you all in my space. Like, and I'm used to being down here now. So it's like I'm used to having my personal space. Like I'm used to having like you know a parking lot out front. I don't know. Like <laughs> just having any kind of space up there is so different like you just don't have there's so many people packed in such a little space like you can't do that it's not it's not the move for <laughs> <laughs> well, he said um uh that new york is a a, a war uh did you live in yeah. new york no so i so my family lives some of my family lives in new york the st lucian side of my family lives in new york so like we'll go up there to visit or like every year i go to afropunk right and whenever i go to afropunk like if we can't stay with them then we'll stay in a hotel in new york but either way like i'll go up there and then drive to new york from boston with my cousin mm -hmm. and she used to live in new york so she's the only one that could drive like i i do not i do not drive in new york i can't do it i tried that shit like a couple of times and it was just like i thought boston was bad like people in new york like i just like it is, it's slower too that's the crazy thing like inside the city you're supposed to drive slower because it's so much more packed in boston even so like the speed limit is way lower but it's like people drive so fucked up like hella people drive like they're from the islands right so they'll they'll fucking park in the middle of the street and just fucking chill there <laughs> oh my i swear god. to god they will fucking chill in the middle of the street you be honking at them they be like chill papa chill like um can you fucking move bitch i got places to go like what the fuck <laughs> they be like no 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 chill 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 like well it's okay it's okay like what i don't know i just it's it's a war like it's very um it's very much too like you kind of have to know where you're going like it's hard to use a gps in new york because mm -hmm. it's just it's too many people and it's too much like like you know how inside atlanta has like all those weird like one ways yes. it's like you can't go it's like that in new york kind of like you like there's certain places where it's like there's all these weird one ways and like if you go the wrong way then you're gonna end up like hella fucking far trying to get back and it's like the traffic is insane like no matter what time it is because it's new york it's always moving mm -hmm. So there's always traffic. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just not, like, I'm a chill person. Like, I want to be, like, someplace where I can walk down the street and go hiking, you know? Like, that's what I liked about living in Cali. Like, when I lived in Cali, like, there was a huge, like, state Redwood Park or whatever, like, two blocks down. That shit was amazing. Like, I love that so oh, much. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was fucking great. Like, I would fucking ride my bike down there or fucking just walk. And it was, like, it was actually where, supposedly, I don't know, that they, um film some of Jurassic Park or something like it was like huge huge oh, really? just, like hella overgrown oh I'd be freaking yeah, out over that cool. yeah. yeah it was fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> so you would only visit New York just to go to Afropunk what is Afropunk because I think when we worked together I had asked you kind of a little bit about it but I honestly have no idea the only thing I know is that you go there and you dress super cool <laughs> and a lot of cool oh. things that look like I can't even i'm not they wouldn't even let me in the door i look too lame <laughs> <laughs> no afropunk everybody is welcome it's magical so it's like a um 
it's a festival, right? It's, it started as like a music and culture festival. And unfortunately, it's a moved a little bit more towards like the corporate thing where it's like more of a um, concert and they have like more like big names and less of the like culture fest. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like it is still kind of a culture fest, which is dope. It's kind of a tradition with me and my um, cousin at this point. So we go every year, you know, we can't go this year, it's here. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just like a it's just like a music music and culture fest. Like it's for like all the fucking you know alt weirdos. Like it start so it started as Afropunk started as like um, it's supposed to be a celebration of people like specifically black people that were in punk music. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of branched out from like not just punk but just any kind of alt thing. Like just black people in rock and black people in like. Um, metal and like all this other shit and then it branched out even more to just be like people of color that are just like in alternative spaces that are considered like you know usually white or primarily white or basically just like spaces where um originally they would have been the only one you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like now it's a place full of the only one that's rad yeah (laughs) basically so how many (laughs) years have you been going uh like five years wow well okay that's you know that is basically yeah. a tradition you know i you know i can't keep up with anything and now i'm actually super sad as well um i don't normally go to afropunk because i can't afford it and again they wouldn't let me in i do not look cool enough um but they canceled all of my festivals that i wanted to go to as well everything got canceled because of this virus and i just yep. i'm so sad because i feel like the music's dying you know <laughs> yeah seriously because too nobody's put out new shit like some people have tried to make stuff in quarantine but it's like obviously the quality is not as good like yeah i don't know it's just too it's like i feel like those festivals and stuff as silly as it's gonna sound like for a lot of people that's like that those festivals and like those concerts and stuff ends up being kind of like a place where you can go to like finally be yourself like i always think about it like if i can fucking get to afropunk this year then it'll be fine. I can deal with all the other shit because it feels like outside of that, you have to kind of wear a mask. You know what I mean? Like you have to be um, a certain thing for certain people, right? So like when you're at Target, right? You got to wear a mask. Or you got to pretend to like give a fuck about customers, right? Exactly. Like you got to like, yeah, like you got to like, yes, this matters. Like I really care about putting this shit on the shelf. Like this is my whole life. Yes. Mm. What? What do you need? Like, you know what I mean? Like it matters, but it's like, Obviously, it doesn't, like, it's a fucking mask, you know what I mean? Like, I'm doing this to pay bills. Like, it's not, like, you know, my whole life, like, I give a fuck about it. And it's, like, not even just in the capacity of your job, but just wearing a mask for, like, people who look at you a certain way or people who want you to be a certain way. And then you get to go to, like, Afropunk and you don't have to do the mask. You can just be as fucking weird as you want, you know? And everybody's like, yes, fucking weird that shit out. Go for it. Fucking push that shit, you know? yeah like that sounds that sounds really cool you know because like you said everyone has everyone has to put on their uniform you know they they get up and they go to their job and like i can't if i'm having a bad day i can't let people that are around me know because that will affect my job you know because you're having like Mm -hmm. if someone else is having a bad day i'm supposed to be good to them because i'm on the clock you know and i like a lot of places don't like like people with like tattoos or long hair and luckily i'm pretty well accepted at at work but it's so weird that society like puts this like you got to be normal to be employed which is bullcrap because none of us are normal i mean come on (laughs) like and if you are why would you ever want to be in my opinion you know like i think it's cooler to be weird 
and be yourself because no one can be more interesting than yourself. You know, like don't be fake. Like, you know, all these people with their beige walls and their like their big signs that say like home is where the heart is and all this other nonsense. It's like, what? Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Live, laugh, love. Like you suck. Like, how do you like, how do you sleep at night knowing that you hung that in your home? (laughs) I think it's the people, those people want so bad to be like accepted. And it's like the people that don't, that don't want to be accepted, but they have to pretend like they want to be accepted. That shit is so frustrating. Like I honestly and truly do not give a fuck what you think about me, but I need to pay my bills. So I have to pretend like I give a fuck. Like, exactly. And I feel like that's what that shit is for. Afropunk is for the people that are like, I'm going to I'm gonna put this fucking mask on and pretend all fucking year. I mean, not everybody. Some people get to be whoever they want to fucking be all the time. You know, some people have jobs where they can just do whatever the fuck they want. And that's dope. And then they get to come to Afropunk and celebrate it even more. But yeah, like, I feel like it's kind of like my pilgrimage a little bit. Like, I get to go and just fucking be myself and be around all the other fucking weirdos that are truly themselves that are not. It's not judgmental at all, which is fucking amazing. Like, I hate being around judgmental people. That shit is so fucking for the birds. Like, yeah, it's draining. Like, you, know? you, to judge. you feel like you yeah. gotta put on these like certain airs to fit in, and I, that's pretty cool that that's like a place that at least you feel like you could show up and and be your true self. You know, a lot of places you can't do yeah. that. You know, so what um. Mm-hmm. What kind of acts? I know you said that they're getting all corporate or whatever. But what kind of acts do they normally see? Was that like some names that I would recognize or something that I'd be stoked to go see? I mean, yeah, they have. So they have uh, four different stages. So it just kind of depends on what you're into. Like when I, I think the peak year that I went, I can't remember. It was like two or three years ago. They had like a lot of smaller acts, like so up and coming artists. So it's like some neo soul artists, um, some punk artists. There was a couple of black metal bands. Um, like they had a bunch of different like up and coming people. Like they used to have a battle of the bands situation. Um, and then they had on the culture side, like it's like they have this thing called Activism Row, which is like a group of um, I guess it's like tents and stuff where they where you can go and like sign up to like help with different causes and stuff. So they have the people that um, so like for instance, the people that kind of stand outside and escort people for Planned Parenthood because that's like a huge thing in New York because there's yes. a lot of protesters. Like they have those people that you can go sign up. Um, sometimes like, so this last year that I went, uh, the New York Times was there because they were they were trying to recruit um, people that were interested in like writing for them or being interns for them, and they cool. were handing out their. Um, they were working on a project called the 1619 Project, which was trying to say that um, like. It's basically about, like, slavery and how, like, the first slaves came in 1619 and how America didn't start and, like, didn't start with the American Revolutionary War. It started with, you know, the first slaves coming in Jamestown or whatever. Like, it's, like, this whole big project that they were working on, and they had people there. So Activism Row was pretty awesome, um, but it used to be bigger. Like, Activism Row used to be this whole big section because it's in a park. So, like, um, Commodore Berry Park has, like, different sections to it. So they set up different stages, and then... They had like a little section of like games and shit. So one year they had like go karts and shit. <laughs> like it was cool. Like they had a bunch of different stuff. They had a ton of food trucks. Um, but yeah, it has gotten a little bit corporate because they've booked a lot more like bigger names. So it's not as many like like the last time I went is wasn't as first of all it was super packed, which was like crazy. Like cause it was packed the year before, but this year it was like unbelievably packed. Like you couldn't get out of the front gate for a little while. Mm. Um and they had like bigger names like they had like miguel and like 
Um, Jill Scott was more our speed, but like Miguel wasn't really our speed. And like they had like a couple of other people that were super popular that were like more mainstream than alt. And the whole point is it's kind of supposed to be alt. So it got like it feels a little bit corporate because, too, this is the year that um, the, the people that originally started it left because they were unhappy where it was going. So it's been like a little bit weird. So I wasn't sure what they were going to do um, this year. I mean, they still have like their alternative acts, but they definitely been booking bigger people and they've been booking and been focusing more on the concert and less on the like experience because too they used to have like smaller vendors too so they had um like a local tattoo artist came like a local piercer came they did like small tattoos like like small slash stuff they did like um certain piercings that they could do while they were outdoors um they had like these um painters that did like african body paint like the um I shouldn't call it African because it's from a specific country. I just don't know which country it's from. But they would do like face painting and stuff. And like it was more cultural than it has been like recently. And recently it's been very much about the concert and less about like the people. Because too, they were like having more like water stations and more like emergency personnel and stuff. And they had less of that this past year. So I don't know where it's going. Hopefully, they can get back to where it was. But I will still fucking go because I need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, do like any of the proceeds like go to help out like some of these causes and charities, or is it just like a money making event? Because like to me, if they're getting in bigger acts, that would bring in more money, um, and so they mm-hmm. can put that money towards other things. Or is it just kind of becoming a a money thing now? <laughs> well, I think that's the debate. Like I've been reading a couple of articles where people have been arguing that that's where it's going. That it's going more towards just profit and kind of having bigger names and it's less um about the alternative scene and more about like attracting is like more about it being like a big concert that they have every year Mm. um than anything so i don't know for sure um one way or the other but it seems like it's leaning more towards just making money for the sake of making you know what i mean for the sake of having a big concert than it is about like the activism because even activism row was like this it used to be a lot more tense it used to be a lot more people and activism row feels like it's kind of shrinking a little bit like they have less and less things and or the people that participate in activism row are like bigger so like the new york times you know what i mean like Planned Parenthood was always there um but like they used to have smaller vendors too like they would have like local people that were selling like shea butter and stuff like you know what i mean like small you know incense and shit yeah and they don't do that as much now so um i don't know for sure one way or the other if it's just gonna be like concerts or not i hope not but it definitely has changed like it it was more of a, a culture fest in the beginning and now it's more of a concert i gotcha because like um i went to i've been to a couple festivals and then we went to shaky knees and then we immediately went to uh music midtown um uh, and at mm-hmm. shaky uh they were my people they wanted to hear my music and they wanted to they they understood what it meant to go to a show and they were were all around pretty respectful i went to midtown i don't know how many times i was called old i turned 30 this year back up first and foremost Uh, but i was called old uh somebody was like oh that's over there by that old guy you broke my heart first and second all the bands were terrible like we went and we seen a couple they had some good a couple shows the reason why we paid the money to go but like their headliner Mm -hmm. which people are gonna hate me for this was um post malone like no i'm good i'm good we just left i'm good and people were in droves and they make so much money selling t-shirts that they were these horrible yellow t-shirts 
that said Postico, mm. and they're yellow, and I think the 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 letters were black, and they were forty dollars. And I probably seen at least three hundred of those shirts walking around that day, and I'm just like, oh my god, they're making so much money. And it's like y'all don't god, actually yeah. care about the music, y'all just care about the money. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. what it sounds like. What's happening to unfortunately one of the coolest shows I've ever heard of. You know this Afro thing. <laughs> Hopefully, people can be like, you know, the the people who actually um, support the 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 realness of it will be like, um, I'm not going to your crappy new show. If I wanted to go to a regular festival, I go to a regular festival, <laughs> and then they have to make some yeah. changes. You know. Yeah, hopefully they do. I mean, people are definitely trying to get um, them to go back to the Culture Fest. Two, though, the one in Brooklyn isn't the only one. That was just the first one. So they have one in Brooklyn. They have one in Atlanta. They have one in Joburg in South Africa. And they have one in Paris. Oh, okay. Um, So I don't, yeah, so I don't know what the other ones are like. I really want to go to the one in Joburg. It looks like crazy lit. um, But um i don't know how you know corporate or whatever those ones are like i don't know how those ones are run they look pretty dope i haven't been to the one in atlanta that one looks pretty dope too but i haven't gone to that one yet i really do want to hit it um once before i go just to see if it's any different but too they share acts like usually it's you know they if they like the internet like we'll go to um, Brooklyn and then go to the one in Atlanta and then might go to the one in Paris or something so oh, okay. I don't know how they're finna handle it from here on out because they can't have it this year and if they do I'm not going because I'll die like yeah. what <laughs> I'm not trying to die <laughs> like like my cousin was like if they have it like I need it I need to go I'm like baby I love you but no like we're not about to catch COVID to go see a bunch of acts it's not that serious like, <laughs> like, no like, but you know, I mean yeah, that, I don't know um, about the other ones did you see on the news they had the <laughs> probably shouldn't even bring this up but they had uh the um they had that show where all those uh bikers were watching smash mouth um and i just read an article yesterday where the, they were like oh yeah no no one wore a mask or whatever and and the guy whoever his name is from smash mouth was like um you know you don't know one here needs to wear a mask and f covid right and now i read a news article yesterday that over 100 plus people caught covid from that concert <laughs> I'm sure that they did. Like, Idiots. I don't. These people, yo, I don't get this. Honestly, like, Smash Mouth, what? like, come on. You just put on the movie Shrek and go on with your life. For real, though. Like, I, and to the anti masker people, like, I. What? Right. Oh, God. Why are you trying to die? Like, why? Like, I mean, natural selection. If that's what you want to do, like, baby, I just. I'm worried about the people that you're taking down with you on your way out. That's <laughs> Oh God! But um, so what are like what is like the best act that you've seen at Afropunk? Was there something that you were like, oh my God, this is why I have this was like nothing's gonna top this experience? <laughs> um, yeah. So I saw Erica Badu, and Erica Badu is life. Uh-huh. She's my queen. I about died. Um, <laughs> and then that was one year, and then the year after that, I saw FK Twigs, and that was even that was fucking bananas. Like I could, I was so hyped that she was gonna be there. Like. I feel like both of them, like, Badu is kind of like, she's been around for a very long time. She's kind of like Jill Scott. Like, she's very much entrenched in, like, soul and neo-soul and, like, hip-hop. And she is, she's kind of like Lauryn Hill. Like, I missed Lauryn Hill when she came that one year because she was fucking hours and hours late. And it was, like, I think it was, like, our first year. And we were, like, dumb tired by the time 
um that shit came around because she didn't come to like after midnight or some shit oh, wow. but like she, badu was like that like badu is like lauren hill like that's a that's like a huge huge thing but twigs is kind of more like electronic weird like you know she does these um she did a super intense fucking dance it was so dope like her visuals were crazy good like it was awesome it was fucking awesome like twigs and badu for sure um and then gold link had a mosh pit which was dope <laughs> <laughs> Did you jump in the pit? I mean, it wasn't dope. Yeah, well, okay, so he, um, we were, like, close to the stage, and he was like, I bet we're going to start a mosh pit. And they basically started it around us, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I realized, Josh, I realized that, like, you know I got all these piercings, right? Oh, my God. I had so many chains hanging from so many piercings, Papa. Like, there was so much stuff for people to grab. Like, immediately, I was like, we need to get out of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot... Because it wasn't like I had enough space to take them off either. Like, I couldn't just, like, unhook them right quick and, and get them off. And a bunch of them were stuck to my face. It's like, yeah. no, oh, I don't God. need y'all pulling my piercings out. I swear to God, I bold people for my life to make it to the edge of the fucking market. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, please, oh, my God, don't let me have this be a fucking scene in the Punisher. Motherfuckers just pulling my piercings out oh, and shit. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was quite scary. But you know what? I get to say that I'm almost 30 and I was in a fucking mosh pit. Woo-hoo. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so that was some of the best shows uh what is the worst or most disappointing show um that you had to bear witness to oh um the worst one i don't even know if there was a worst one i mean there were some that were like more um they were more crowded with like mainstream people like vanilla people so like when miguel came or like um somebody else came with a female rapper i want to say princess nokia maybe mm-hmm. it was a female rapper that came one year and like everybody was super hype somebody that was attached to post malone came and they were all super hype and it was a bunch of like young it was a bunch of just youngins that was just there to fuck shit up like they and they they kept causing problems because it was like they kept like climbing the fence and shit and trying oh to sit on God. top and like security couldn't get to them because it was so packed because there were so many of them so like it was just like fucking security trying to bowl their way through <laughs> this thick ass <laughs> crowd of all these kids like it was i think that that was probably worth saying like i don't know that i've seen a bad act i've yeah. just seen a lot of like two like super mainstream people come or like when miguel came oh my god like it was so fucking packed solange came it was like beyonce's sister that was super fucking packed um some people come and they're super mainstream and they bring a lot of mainstream people with them and that's kind of aggy like mm. you know you kind of go for alternative people you want to go for like the niche people yeah so it kind of takes away i mean at the same time like i know a lot of those acts though like a lot of those niche acts want kind of a couple of mainstream people to come so it kind of exposes their act more so yeah yeah totally I definitely think there's a balance. Like, you can have, you know, a couple of super mainstream people. Like, I heard Ice Cube was there one year. I wasn't there that year. <laughs> Ooh, um, Ice Cube. <laughs> right, I know. Uh, uh, pass. Um, Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll have a couple. You know, like, I think if they have, if they have balance. Like, if they have more niche and a couple of mainstream, it's cool. But if it's, like, half and half or it's more mainstream than... than like niche people then it ends up getting like super frustrating it's just too many 
vanilla people there doing basic bitch shit, you know? That's actually good <laughs> like, to hear. Like, getting like, drunk and passing out. That's actually super good to hear because, like, if there hasn't been a really disappointing show, the only thing that's disappointing is the people. That's all right. That's something yeah. I can deal with mm-hmm. as long as they're not putting out bad acts. But, like, bad people can ruin a festival. Uh, again. Oh, my God, yeah. Again, Midtown these posty people <laughs> so one of jenna's favorite bands she actually got a tattoo um on her arm not that long ago uh rainbow kitten surprise okay. and uh she loves them one of the main reasons why we paid money to, to do this whole festival was to see these guys go and get on stage and we get there super early and there's just these like teens these kids man and they're sitting in the on the ground in front of the like uh the fencing where the front of the stage is mm-hmm. and they're just sitting there and they won't move and they're just sitting there and uh, we would like to get closer but they're sitting there with their blankets and they're taking Are they, like waiting room. for somebody else and so my wife was like hey so uh you guys mind if we uh we get here they're like oh no we're wasting we're waiting for a uh, post malone post malone didn't go on until yeah. 11 o'clock it was uh, daylight. Mm-hmm. I don't know what time it actually was. It was daylight, and they were hogging that spot. They were willing to sit there all day to see one act, and they didn't let my wife get closer to the stage, and which I wasn't happy about. And then the most disrespectful thing is there's a, a really good band on stage playing their hearts out, and they didn't even bother to stand up. They sat there on their blankets, so blocking my wife's spot. <laughs> it was awful. And during that show, one of their friends that was like near them did drugs. And I don't know what he was on. and He couldn't handle it. And he's bigger than I am. And he fell hard backwards. And Jenna kind of like Ooh. lowered him down. And now in the middle of this show where we have to deal with these kids sitting on the ground. Now we have to deal with like these people trying to rush this like seven foot tall, 400 pound dude out of the um out of the show and it's just like y'all are killing my vibes man i'm here to see this this is why i'm here right now i could be in my hotel chilling but no (laughs) well like people will really ruin that shit that's what i mean too about it being more corporate because in the beginning they were more concerned about the people that were there so they had all these free water stations they were giving out water and stuff they had a lot more emergency personnel Mm -hmm. um it was a lot more safe and now, like, since they've been more mainstream, there's a lot more people that will come and they'll get super fucked up and pass out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, originally, like, when I went the first couple of years, like, if somebody passed out, like, everybody would make sure that they got help. Like, everybody would, like, you know, freak out until, like, security came. Like, they would make sure that, you know, they got help. Like, they would stop. They would make a circle around them. You know what I mean? Like, they would help them. Now it's, like, because there's so many people and because so many people pass out, it's literally like you could the the show could end and everybody starts to leave that section of the park and there will be people on the ground just oh like laying God. on the ground. You know what I mean? Like you could tell they passed out. Like they're not like just chilling. Like they're not just sitting there. Or it's like people that yeah too that ruin it that'll just sit there and take up space. Like that's so fucking aggravating. Like dude, they're not gonna be here for a couple hours. If they're gonna be here in the next like twenty minutes or some shit, or they're at the end of this set, okay, fine. Then yeah, I can see why you're still sitting there. But like. Dude, they're not going to be there till the end of the day, and you're mm. sitting there all fucking day, like, oh, and you're dude. sitting there on a blanket, and you have the audacity to cuss people out, don't step on my blanket. Yeah. Just fuck your blanket. Like, <laughs> we need to have a class and teach people festival etiquette, because I don't think people are teaching the kids, you know? <laughs> no, they are not, because it is. It's the young ones, like, for real. Like, I went one year and had one drink and lost my phone, and I never did it again. I never <laughs> fucking did it again. We were, we were like, you know, 
want to smoke, like it's chill. Like people, you know, like they'll, you know, do what they want or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but like that is different than people that get drunk and then pass out. Like that's, that's so fucking irresponsible to me. Like, and you're in the middle of a crowd. All these people are on you. You're hot because it's in New York. Like, there's no fucking breeze. Like, <laughs> you're in the middle of the city. There's no fucking breeze. Like, you will legit fucking, you could just pass out from the heat, period. You know what I mean? Or people won't drink water. Like, they just don't take care of themselves. Like, it just, and then they have less resources for the people that don't take care of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and if something super happens, like, super bad happens, like, and everyone's not, like, you need to delegate those uh, help personnel and if everyone's not mm-hmm. doing their thing if everyone's not respecting the festival grounds um then the people right. actually help can't get it that's scary you know that's something yeah. i didn't know about festivals because you know i didn't really go until here recently and uh i like it i like the amount of music i like the amount of people um i just don't mm-hmm. like that i'm the old man now and it's just like all right no, no, <laughs> all these youngest could go somewhere okay right. all these little teenagers we'll have an old people <laughs> festival you know 30 and plus uh... <laughs> Oh god. Well you were mentioned when you were in the pit that they almost ripped all your piercings out. What's with all the, the cool outfits? Like is that like a choice for just you or is like everyone out there like dressing the coolest I've ever seen? Like you're in full leopard and like you got chains and all this wild shit. Um first of all, thank you. You're very sweet. Um <laughs> so not everybody chooses to dress up. Some people choose to dress up, some people don't. Um a lot of people choose to dress up just because that's how they want to dress on a normal like if I could dress like that all the time, honestly I would. Like there's a lot of people that dress like that. It's dressed specifically because that's how they want to dress all the time and they can't. Um but two, a lot of um there's a fashion presence there. So like they'll have photographers in Vogue. Um, one year I did um a shoot for Refinery Twenty Nine. Um, like there's different um fashion outlets that'll show up there, mm-hmm. um, and take like a lot of photos and stuff. Um, a lot of like black magazines will show up. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. Vogue was there. Refinery Twenty Nine was there. Nylon was there. Like all those little like niche. Uh, not. I mean, I guess Vogue isn't really niche, but like those fashion <laughs> magazines, they'll have photographers there. So a lot of people will dress up for that too, but for the most part, it's people that like, like me, that just like, if I could dress like that all the time, I fucking would. Like I would go all out and dress as weird as fucking possible if I could, and I fucking can't. So <laughs> I never thought <laughs> so it was that's like, like my chance. I never thought it was like weird. Like when I first met you, you're like, oh, you should check out my art on Instagram. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> holy crap. Oh, she looks awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> You know, your hair is all wild and you're wearing like a full <laughs> get up. And I'm just like, man, man, my mom would have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> you're very sweet. Thank you. I tried real hard. I promise. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely part of it. Like, especially me and my cousin. That's a huge part of it. We love getting like dressed up, dressed up and going for it. Yeah. Well, it definitely pays off. You guys look super fucking cool, you know. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I know you do it all for my compliment, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, the highest praise, the highest praise. Exactly. Well, I, I was talking a little <laughs> bit about your art. Um, you uh, you went to art school, didn't you? Unfortunately. Unfortunately? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went, yeah, I went yeah. to SCAD. You know, what's funny is uh, I've had a couple artists on now, and uh, the first thing that they say is just like, 
our school sucks. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It fucking sucks. But I've always kind of like, I had this like soft spot in my heart for like, you know, I always thought SCAD was like the coolest place. Like you actually went to SCAD. Uh, I, on Jenna's interview, I talked to her about, you know, what uh, what she thought about what it's kind of done to our city and stuff like that. But uh, I've never heard any mm-hmm. positives for SCAD, which sounds crazy. <laughs> Do you have any positives before we dive deep into the negatives of going to art school? <laughs> um okay two things one scat i don't know that this is necessarily um specific to scat it might just be specific to art school but since i only went to scat i'll just speak for scat Mm -hmm. they do a very good job of forcing you to be kind of disciplined about your art like they do a very good job of literally working you to death over your art and being like you need to put in as much as fucking possible like they overload you which is kind of the problem but Mm -hmm. They kind of force you to like, you need to be drawing at all. If you're an artist, you know, they have different um, media, you know, they have different whatever, like majors and stuff. So if you visual art specifically, like you have to fucking work on your art and fucking practice, draw constantly, 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 constantly. Like that's, that's what they want you to do. So they kind of nose to the grindstone you with that, which is good because some people like myself don't have a ton of discipline. Like I kind of like, oh, I'm going to wait for my inspiration. Um, this is trying to get paid. Like, no, you're not. Like, you need to work. You need to sit down and draw. Like, no. And to um, you, like, if you're going to do that, like, you can't just, I'm going to just make art that makes me happy. Like, you could do that whenever you want. If you want to make money, you need to be making art that other people want to see, too. So, so is that something they that they kind of teach that. you is to how to make your stuff more profitable? Yeah, like they teach you how to market your stuff and they teach you how to trend watch and they teach you how to like um kind of be involved and and um they want you to like, you know, go experience stuff. So like so like if my main thing was going to be like alt POC, then then they'd be like, yeah, go to Afropunk, go to as many Afropunks as you can, like go out and market, like try to get a vendor's license, try to get your stuff out like they do a very good job of trying to force you to do that. It's just like once you're out, it's like, well, good luck, bitch. Like, <laughs> they um they don't they don't care. They're very bad on, you know, financially, but they do a very good job of forcing you to try to be disciplined and kind of work, overwork yourself for your art and they um they don't do this intentionally it's just something that we noticed while we were there Mm -hmm. people that go to scad right people that go to scad they'll they'll hook up with each other like two people at scad will hook up that would have never hooked up otherwise (laughs) because they went to scad which sounds crazy but but like seriously like people that would have never met or interacted otherwise because they went to scad they met their soulmate you know what i'm saying like that's how i met Look, yo, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just because you have so many weirdos in like one place that it's just like a weirdo out by itself in a normal vanilla space is probably not gonna find somebody, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like a weirdo. Like it's hard. It's hard for us. Okay, we 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 are very weird, and people have a hard time with that. But like, if you have a space where it's like all weirdos, at some point you're gonna find somebody who's just as weird as you, right? <laughs> So that's how I saw my weirdo. Like, seriously. (laughs) Like, people, that's something, like, a lot of people would say while we were there. Like, those two people are there for real? It's like, now they're they're together through their whole space. They left, they graduated, now they got married. You know, like, it's a weird, it's a weird little, I don't know, dating service. (laughs) And then you inherit each other's student debt, and then you drown in debt forever. Aw. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's right. <laughs> when you were there, did you, uh, like, married. did you like live in the dorms and stuff or did you have like a place downtown? 
Um, I lived in the dorms for two, two, three years. Uh-huh. I lived in the dorms for a little while, and then I got a place um, by myself. Like, I got my, um, I got an apartment by myself. Well, that's not true. Was, I got an apartment with my um, ex-girlfriend, which did not work out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> from there on out, yeah, I had my own. I had my own place. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Like when you were in the dorms. See, I I I, I interact with some scared people on a on occasion, and you're right. They're they're super <laughs> weird. What's it like having to live with other? Like you have to. You not only have to be in class with them. You gotta be by their new home. They're now moved cross country mm-hmm. and they live here in your dorms and they're just weirdos all over the place. Like, is that okay? Because like I'm weird. I'm super weird. People don't <laughs> normally get along with me. Um, because I just I'll say things that are you know just for the joke and I, I just I'll do like yeah. all this crazy stuff. Um, but like also I like to be alone and I get really quiet. Yeah. Uh, with some of the people I've noticed in SCAD, they don't do that. And I would probably, they would hate me because I would be cursing at them at all times. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, like, it's definitely a dorm where, like, like when I was there, it's it's an open dorm. Like, you don't really, you know, have a say or whatever. Like, you can request to, you know, transfer, um, like, to switch out, you know, rooms with somebody else. But, yeah, like, it's not a lot of, um... If you want to be alone, it's it's hard to be an introvert at um uh, if you're staying at the dorms. But that being said, too, that was where I stayed. So like the dorm that I stayed at was mostly for freshmen and sophomores. And then once you're a junior or senior, you could stay at the other dorm, which was more private. So like that one, you I mean it was more expensive, obviously, but that one you didn't have to share a bedroom space. Like the bedroom itself was. Um, separate and then you shared a kitchen and a bathroom okay so that one yeah that one you could have you know been um by yourself and you know had space and i did know people that lived there so i would go hang out there sometimes and that was a lot better than where i was staying but for sure if you're an introvert like it's it's fucking hard like you're never going to be alone because to the the campus is open um 24 7 so you know so if you need to go and work on something um after hours you can go do that so there's always kids there you know what i mean like there's always kids there there's always kids in the dorms there's always kids downstairs in the common room like it was just people always everywhere a lot of weird children (laughs) that's super cool so they would allow you to use like all their equipment just kind of whenever yeah i mean i think it's changed since then because i think they got robbed really bad after i left <laughs> Somebody took like a bunch of Wacoms or something. Oh, um, but most of that stuff is like, yeah, most of that stuff is like bolted down and shit. So I don't even know how they did that. But yeah, like you could go after hours because they they overloaded you straight straight up. Like they overloaded you to the point that like you had to go afterwards. So like for instance, if I had a life drawing class, right, yeah. or like a still life class, and I need to um work on that still life well you have two and a half hours in class to work on the still life, but the still life itself is due at the end of the month or something, or it's due in two weeks. So you're not going to get that still life done in those two and a half hours while you're in class. So you have to go after hours and do it because they don't want you to like just take pictures of it and go home and then try to draw from the picture because like they can tell, trust me, the professors can tell. I'm not cussed out, <laughs> I'm not cussed out, but like I got in trouble <laughs> more than once because I did not want to do that. And I took the picture and I went home and they were like, I can tell that you changed the angle halfway through because you weren't sitting in the right spot, you know, because that becomes an issue too. Like if you have one still life, and everybody in that class is supposed to be doing that still live. And you happen to go, you know, at 2 a.m. thinking there's going to be nobody there so you can draw because you have to draw from a specific, you have to draw from a specific angle or whatever, whatever the angle that was that you started, right? You don't yeah. want to do it from another angle. It'll, you know, so you have a Van Gogh by the time you're done. Like, 
you do some Cuban shit. But um, if you, you know, need to go do that and you get there, it's like fucking crowded. Like you're not going to get that shit done, you know? So you have to like keep trying and stuff and it ends up, it ends up being like, yeah, you're super overloaded and overworked and kind of like, but yeah, they leave it open specifically because people, you know, have to be able to do shit after hours. So you can go and, you know, hang out. They do have, they had like these little weird like nap pods that you could go and like sleep in, which was supposed to be, oh, this is so cool. We're doing this for our students. Like there was like three of them <laughs> and people would sleep literally wherever. Like people would sleep in the computer lab. Like they'll sleep wherever. Like oh they didn't my care. God. But that so like say you were taking a photography class, would they like let you mm-hmm. use the dark room like whenever? Yeah, that okay. is awesome. <laughs> like I guess you're paying yeah. for it or whatever. You know, you're paying out the nose, but like holy crap! Like people don't like have that kind of stuff like readily available. You know, the kind of things you could probably put out if you're going to scatter gotta be crazy because you have all the best stuff. Is it the best stuff or is it, like hand me down stuff? <laughs> No, it was, I mean, I won't lie, SCAD is expensive as fuck, and it's expensive as fuck for a reason, because yeah. they do, they do have a lot of the dope stuff, like, I, um, I went for illustration and writing, and I ended up having to drop illustration, because I couldn't pay for CS6, and they didn't, when I was doing illustration, they weren't, like, giving kids CS6, like, it wasn't part of tuition, you had to just pay for it, so, like, illustrator, for, like, you had to pay for that whole thing by yourself. Well, I had to drop illustration because I don't have that. Like that's CS, But apparently, it's so CS6 is um what a lot of it's it's um artists like software. So like Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, oh, like gotcha. it's a whole package. Lightroom, um, I forget what the other one is called. But it's just like that whole package of those programs. Mm-hmm. Um you would have to pay for like specifically i was supposed to pay for illustrator and photoshop but i think when they asked me they wanted us to get the whole thing which is like i that's like almost a grand like um i'm paying like 60 grand a year you don't think you could throw that in like come on bro (laughs) yeah tack that on my bill put it on my tabs Yeah, um, like that's um that was really extra. Like it was too and too like some but it depended on the major. Like some stuff you had to go during specific hours, like printmaking too, like you couldn't um go whenever and use it. Like some stuff was open but then other stuff you had to like go like like the wood shop, you couldn't just go and use those machines whenever because you could cut your arm off and nobody would be there. Oh, like that had office hours, you know what I mean? Like some stuff had office hours where like you had to go during a specific time. But it was like even some stuff like that, like they would make you, you know, pay to use certain things. It's like I'm paying like sixty grand a year. Why? Right? Just let me use it. Well you said you were like right. slammed like the whole time. Were you able to like try anything else out besides what you originally went for? Did they give you that kind of opportunity? Oh yeah, for sure. Like you have um you have elective slots. So I tried printmaking. I really love that. I do want to try that again. Um I tried woodworking, which was fucking awesome. Like I definitely want to have a wood shop at some point as part of my studio. Like I would love to build boards and stuff. But um they have three D, they had computer animation, which was good. Um they have like you can try out pretty much whatever you want, um, depending on the location. So when I started I was in Atlanta and then I went to Savannah for like my last two semesters. I kind of wish I had gone to Savannah a little bit earlier because um, Savannah has more, since Savannah was the original one, they have more class, they have more options for classes. Mm-hmm. So you can try different stuff. Atlanta is a little bit newer, so they don't have as many options. I mean, I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there in a long time. But when I was there, um, it wasn't as many options. But yeah, you can definitely try other stuff. Like I would have, um, 
I would have like game, you know, um, game majors in my writing classes and stuff. So That's it, um, it cool. just depends. You can take whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, okay. It's cool, but to a point, cause okay, if you're there <laughs> and you're on your like, you know, you're in your writing class, you're trying to take your critique seriously. And there's like a freaking gamer dude that doesn't understand grammar. And he's only there to fill his elective. It gets kind of frustrating because, like, I'm here because this is part of my major, and I give a fuck about it. You're here because you're trying to fill an elective, and you don't care. <laughs> that gets that gets frustrating. Trust me. Like, once you get further in, like your junior senior year, you start to really give a fuck. Like, that gets really frustrating because you're like trying to take your shit seriously, and like, there's like some fresh, no, not a freshman, but like, there's somebody in your class that just doesn't care. You know, it's just kind of like I'm here to fill an elective. Leave me alone. You know. I gotcha. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like. With, like, your art, like, you know, like I said, when you were like, oh, you should check out my Instagram, I was like, oh, okay, I'll just look, and I was like, holy crap, like, <laughs> your stuff is, like, super, like, super awesome and super, like, detailed, like, how long does it take you to, like, put out a piece? Oh, God, it depends. Um, If you're talking about, like, the, the dot work stuff, that's, um, this is how big it is, so, like, a 9 by 12 piece takes, like, 8 hours, maybe. Wow. <laughs> Is um, <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff the kind of stuff you learned at like SCAD or was that something you were already doing before you went there? That's funny. So I actually started doing dot work after SCAD, like but I but I got introduced to it while I was in SCAD. And when I was in SCAD, I got introduced to it while I was in a printmaking class, which doesn't seem like it makes sense, but whatever. Um one of the people that we were like learning from used to also do like stippling. It was like part of their um like part of their printmaking thing so i learned about it and i remember seeing it and thinking that looks so cool but that also looks frustrating as fuck and i'm not doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> so i like purposely avoided it even though i knew like i really liked how it looked and then after the fact after i graduated and i started kind of playing with it i was like yeah um you know my wrists are like i can't feel my wrist but you know this is gorgeous i'm gonna run with this like because <laughs> i started to get really obsessed with just patterns period like any kind of pattern work, anything that's like repeating, um, like especially in nature, so like snake scales or like, you know what I mean? Stuff that's like kind of repetitive and like visual like that, I think it's pretty dope. So I think that's what got me, ended up getting me back into trying out pointillism. But when I saw it originally, like I was like, that's, oh my God, that's mad work. Like pointillism is so tedious. It's so tedious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you like sit down and do you just put on music and you're just like, I'm just going to poke dots for the next eight hours or. (laughs) Um, it depends. So, so I, I can do it because, um, so I just found this out recently. I have ADHD. I did not know that. (laughs) So the reason that I can do this is because I will sit down and get into this like hyper-focus mode and I will literally be gone for like six hours. Like I won't get up to go to the bathroom. Like I won't get up to eat. Like I'll just be gone. Like for real, for real gone in the piece. And then I'll get up and be like, okay, like it's almost done or whatever. And then I'll go like handle my whatever. But like, how do I do it? Fucking ADHD, that's how. I'm just like paralyzed. Like I'm just like, I gotta keep down. I'm almost done with this section. I'm almost done with this shading part. Just go, just go. <laughs> like and I can't you know I can't like walk away from me I have to but unbeknownst to me until recently it's because I have ADHD before that I would just say like I just really wanted to do it yeah no I mean yes too I just really wanted to do it but I'm able to just be like sit there and do it for hours and hours and hours and hours not because I'm super disciplined but because 
<laughs> so I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all like certain people have that. Like, uh, I, I paint a lot of like miniatures and stuff, and like I'll sit back here and I'll be doing my little thing, and then I look at the clock and be like, "Oh man, I knocked that out pretty quick." And I'm like, "Holy crap, it's been ten mm-hmm. hours, and I haven't yeah. done nothing." And it's it's kind of scary. Like I always tell Jenna that I'm like time traveling, um, you know, because it's just mm-hmm. like I'm like, "Holy crap, it's now dark outside." And she was like, "Yeah, you've been back there all day." I'm like, oh, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, that's cool. literally how. Goes. but i don't it's not like you know when you're at work and you do your like your eight hours and sometimes you'll be there and you're like oh god this shift won't end you've been here for 45 minutes mm-hmm. like now when i'm doing like something mm-hmm. i enjoy doing it's 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 crazy how like you can get lost in it you know yeah yeah for sure like it's definitely um it's definitely like and too like when you're done with it you just feel like you just like ran a marathon or some shit like you'll get up and be like hella you know hella like hungry and shit like i gotta go i'm gonna go take a shower like i'm gonna go like reset a little bit but it does it feels like you like you know went and ran some shit like you really went for it because yeah that's it like i'm just sitting there but still it's just i don't know yeah it's it's nice it's nice um well a lot of your uh a lot of your art is also like in preparation for tattooing. Have you, are you around it? You had an apprenticeship before and then mm-hmm. uh, some drama happened, I, I think. And uh, what's, how, mm-hmm. what's going on with that now? <laughs> Have you found a new shop? So, no, COVID like killed that shit. <laughs> like I know a lot of shops are like reopened, but most of the shops that have reopened they're only on an appointment basis so they're not allowed to have walk-ins which makes it kind of hard to add new people um i did have a promising lead in savannah that didn't work out because of covid they had to close um and then i had to leave so it was like all right well whatever that's not gonna work i have kind of a lead in maine i don't know i'm gonna have to go and check it out and see that's part of the reason why i kind of want to move there um but as of right now, it's just working on the portfolio. Um, I've been messing around with stick and pokes and just doing like practice skin and stuff and doing it on fruit. Um, I haven't done anything on people because I really do not want to be like a tattoo artist. And in 20 years, I go and like somebody's walking around talking about I did that shit and it's fucking awful. So I haven't <laughs> done anything on anybody. I'm just doing stencils. I'm just doing designs and working on my portfolio, trying to find another apprenticeship. But yeah, the drama and the and COVID kind of killed my prospects for the moment, which definitely sucks. But that's I don't know. That's the end goal, going. though, right? Is to to finally mm-hmm. get into tattooing. That is the dream. Yeah, the dream is to um, work. So my the the end goal is to do um, two or three days a week, more more likely two two days a week as a tech surgeon at a vet hospital, and then two or three days a week as a um as a tattoo artist <laughs> you just gotta keep moving that's what it is <laughs> oh god yeah i gotta keep it interesting i can't do the same thing every day like i couldn't do either one of those jobs all day every day yeah. like it would even the tattoo thing like it, it would just get boring like i just again it's just just adhd thing like i gotta keep switching shit up like and I, i've always been like that i just didn't know that that's what it was but yeah like i gotta keep switching shit up or it just it starts to um it starts to like blur out a little bit. Like it's just like I'm not paying attention to it anymore, just because I've been doing it too long. So I gotta like keep things interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so now you want to be a vet tech? <laughs> but yeah, only... I mean, I was always trying to be a vet tech. Like before I worked at Target, I worked at an animal hospital. I was um I was a groomer and a doggy daycare person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, don't you yeah, have like cool. eight million animals at the house currently? 
<laughs> I have um, you living that two cats life right and now? a lizard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you do have a lizard. How is your lizard? He's good. He's chilling. He's living his best life. Yeah. <laughs> I actually started turning his um, I started turning his terrarium into a um, I want to turn his terrarium into a bioactive vivarium so I don't have to clean it as much. What so like that? it would literally be like <laughs> so like, the bioactive vivarium is when you have um, kind of like what they have at the zoo where like the the there's an ecosystem. You oh. set up an ecosystem where it takes care of itself. So you have um, isopods, which basically clean up the poop and stuff. You have um, cedar insects that kind of roam around that they can just hunt. You have live plants. Um, you have bioactive soil. Like it's, you know, it's, it's basically like a living setup where you can kind of just put them in and you don't have to clean it and mess with it as much because it takes care of itself. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I know you could just do that in a home. <laughs> but like, you know, you go to the zoo and you're like, oh, look, that's cool. But I know you could just have that in the yeah. terrarium. Is that like crazy expensive um no because a lot of it you can get stuff from like home depot and stuff and just kind of set it up yourself like it's it's kind of like i don't know gardening or something like you can you know because it's like a tiny little i mean depending on your the size of your vivarium but yeah like once you um and it's kind of like fish too so once you get it started it kind of like takes care of itself like it you know the population starts to even out um the like levels start to even out like your animal kind of gets used to having to hunt so you don't have to monitor how many feeder insects are in there and you pretty much just try to keep um keep on top of making sure that they're not overrun with feeder insects because those can also kind of bite at your animal so you have to make sure there's not too many in there Mm -hmm. and uh like make sure like the levels are right so like the humidity the temperature all that stuff you have to make sure is right so but once you get it going it's good I've never owned a lizard. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've got them outside. We've now got geckos outside, which is pretty sick. Um, but do they love you? Them. Do gecko or do lizards love you? Do they? Does he care? Yeah. Yeah. He lets me pet him. He lets me hold him and stuff. He's never bitten me. Like he's he's my whole thing. I think it depends too on the kind of the kind of lizard you get. Like some lizards are social, so they really will get attached to you. Bearded dragons get attached to you. Like they're very social. Is that um, what you have? Iguanas are very social. No, I have a leopard gecko, but um, leopard geckos are very docile. So even though he's not super social, he's I've like he's been around me, so he knows me. So he's not like scared of me. He's never tried to bite me. He doesn't run. Like he's very um, he's very chill. Like he'll let me kind of like like pet him on the um, pet him on the nose, kind of, and like he'll like lick me and stuff. Like <laughs> I don't know that he loves me, but I want to pretend that he loves me. <laughs> Because we uh we still oh, have yeah, Bowser. They can. they can be social. Um, we still have Bowser, and I feel like she. I don't know if she loves us. Um, you know, but I think she kind of likes us sometimes. I don't know. I think she's rad. You know. Um, but I never know. Like with a lizard, I guess because Bowser's so much bigger. Um, she uh she takes up so much space, and she's constantly that. Like now, like uh, I could pick her up with one hand when we first got her. And now it takes mm-hmm. two and like an actual act of lifting to get her big old behind out and put her wherever she needs to go. Um, but like, I guess cause she's bigger. I'm like, Oh, she loves me, but I guess lizards can love too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it depends on, you know, what you get, but a lot of lizards are actually way more social than you think they would be like tegus, like those big um, monitor lizards people have sometimes. Mm-hmm. Those are super social. You can actually train them. <laughs> um, I've seen people train bearded dragons. Like, train them to do what? Some animals are social. Um, 
like they train them to like uh like they do the the sit stay thing but like not sit like they'll just have them like stay somewhere before they go get the bug or whatever like <laughs> i've seen them do like tricks where they'll have them like run in circles and like bob their heads and stuff and play with them like i yeah people have um if i had the space for a beer dragon i would get one but <laughs> they um people yeah people train them like they they really take their time to like do it because they're social some of them are really social huh I guess you learn something mm-hmm. new every day, huh? You know, I don't know. I see lizards <laughs> at like PetSmart or whatever. I'm like, oh, but then like Jenna ha- used to hate lizards when we first got together. She hated lizards, and now she like speaks for the trees. And uh, so like she'd be like, okay, like the other day there was a lizard in the uh, soil because she she was planting some stuff, and uh, she opened the bag and there was a lizard, and normally she would freak out. And this time she was like, oh, well, I guess you live here now. And then she went uh. and bought another bag of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those little ones those little like anoles that be like chilling on the like porches and stuff like yeah. those you can't really like don't those are kind of hard i've never seen people really like hold those like those are more visual kind of like they look cute because yeah, they're they are so cute. flighty <laughs> they're hella cute they're hella cute oh, i miss them <laughs> what do you uh what do you feed your uh, gecko hmm? what do you feed your gecko oh um just like different, like mealworms, superworms, um, moths, uh, hornworms. <laughs> you feed it moths? That's super sad. I save moths like every day. We got this bright light in the back room. I changed it from a like the yellow type bulb to like the super bright white one because I'm an idiot. And now the moths are like, is that the sun? And they fly in here every all the time. And so I'm constantly oh, trapping no, no, and not saving those moths. You know, I feel bad if you're killing all the moths. I'm saving so many moths. You better be killing the moths. <laughs> no, I don't kill those. No, not those ones. Like, I save those moths, too. It's not the same thing. So, wax moths. Wax worms turn into moths if they don't eat the worms. So, like, I'll feed him wax worms, and then if he doesn't eat them all, then they'll turn into moths. And those moths, um, once they turn into moths, they can't eat. They have to just breed. So, those ones, those are the ones that I feed him because oh. they're going to die anyways. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> They're only they're only supposed to be alive to breed, um, and they don't fly very well either. Like they're not, you know what I mean? Because they're bred to be feeder insects, so they're not really like the kind that you find out in the wild. Oh, okay. Because you were breaking my heart, mm-hmm. you know. Like I said, I've no, yeah, I like moths too. <laughs> like I love moths. I feel you. Like that's why I can never own a snake because snakes are awesome. But I don't want to feed it like an adorable mice. What would happen is I would own one snake and eighty mice and be like, well, the snake died. <laughs> You don't have to feed it at live um, animals. Like, you can feed it. They make this thing, like, <laughs> they make this thing called um, snossages. It's like snake sausages. Yeah. It's literally ground up. Um, it's ground up mice meat, rat meat. Um, some of them are poultry. Some of them are, like, quail. Like, you can get different kinds. But you don't have to feed them live, live stuff. Because I definitely want a snake in the future. Um, but I don't want to do that either. Like, I don't want to, cause like I'll call my little feeder insects, like I'll call them like my little sacrificial lambs. But like when I'm feeding him, I feel bad. Like, <laughs> I definitely feel bad. I'm just like throwing me to the wolves. Like, <laughs> I definitely feel bad. Like I try to take care of my little sacrificial lambs and give them a good life. <laughs> really but I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do that with mice. Like I like rats and I like mice. So I wouldn't be able to feed like a live mouth to a um to a snake but too you can buy them pre-killed you can buy them frozen you can buy snake sausages you can buy you know there's like options for that oh okay see i don't know anything about mm-hmm. that you know that's why i gotta talk to my, my vet tech <laughs> friends and let them you know school me on that whatever word you said earlier terrarium thing uh, <laughs> um and uh so have you always wanted to be like a vet tech or 
So I, um, I've always loved animals, but I, for a really long time, I was like super bad at math. And I, for whatever reason, thought that number one, if you worked in a vet hospital, that you had to be good at math because you had to do like formulas and shit. And then two, I saw everybody that worked at a hospital was like, so like if you were a kennel tech or like a vet tech, like I thought you were there to train to eventually become a vet. And I didn't want to be a vet. So I didn't think that you could like stop at being a technician. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think you could just be a technician. I thought you had to want to be a vet. So I never tried to like explore that. And I just never went down that path, which sucks. Cause I kind of wish I had, like it would have been cheaper and it would have been a way to pay for art school. Honestly, like I should have done that first, <laughs> but I just didn't, you know, I thought I was too stupid for it. Honestly, like I didn't, I wasn't good at math. I had to retake eighth grade math um, senior year and I still failed it. I, <laughs> I am not good at math. I can count cash and that's about it. So <laughs> I didn't even try. And then after the whole like Cali fiasco thing, it like really kind of messed me up a little bit. Like it was just, it was very scary and I just kind of needed to reset a little bit. So I ended up moving back home and then I got a job um, working with a groomer, like a small little grooming salon. Like she needed like a brusher and bather, like to, you know, wash dogs and stuff. And then I kind of just went from there. Like, she was like, oh, you're really good with the dogs. Like, you know, she wanted to train me. And then from there, I ended up working as a groomer in a tech, in a, um, as a groomer in a hospital. And then I saw what the techs around me were doing. And I was like, dude, I can fucking do that. Like, that's, you know, that's not that complicated. Like, there's, there's people working here that are definitely not as smart as me. And I'm not that smart. So if they could fucking do it, then I could do it. And they were like, yeah, you don't have to want to be a vet. You could just, you know, be a technician and kind of support the vet and just work here. So now that's what i'm trying to get like back into but yeah i've always loved animals my house was the stray house like if people had something they didn't want my mom is a bleeding heart i'm a bleeding heart we would take it you know <laughs> like we had i think there was one point in my house we had a hamster a ferret a baby bird two cats a dog um fish we had two snakes and something else what am i forgetting we had something else. But we had a lot of shit. Wow. <laughs> we had a lot of animals. <laughs> it was a little zoo. It was a little zoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. That's uh that's kinda like how our our house is. You know, Jenna um has the same bleeding heart and uh, you know, we've got animals just everywhere. There's a dog underneath me right now, you know, he's just it, it's, Yeah, there's cats underneath me right now. <laughs> you know, but it's just like I don't know, there's something about animals that are so special. Um you know, because they, they care for you, yeah, I guess lizards as well, um, they care for you, like, mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, and uh, that's something that you can't get from from people, you know, um, like, when I come home, my yeah, dog's like, yo, what's up, oh my god, I love you, and when I go to work, people are like, what's up, man, and it's like, oh, I wish mm-hmm. you could, like, wag or shake your ass or whatever when I come to work, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but no one cares real, enough, man. I guess, uh, <laughs> Uh, all the best qualities of having children without actually having children because oh my god no <laughs> no no thank you yeah, but like the fur babies you know it's like all the best parts of having kids and you don't have to have the actual kid it's great jenna treats our uh our dog like uh her um like it's an actual baby she always calls him uh her articulate son um <laughs> <laughs> you know it's 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 great you know but then like i said we could just like i don't know leave like for like the day and he's fine he's cool yeah he's got right. it. he'll sleep 
He'll sleep when we're here. He'll sleep when we got him. As long as he's got food and water, he's fine. Now, if I did that to a child, they mm-hmm. would call defects, and there'd be a whole thing. Right, you, you know? go to jail. <laughs> and I'm too pretty for jail. Um. Exactly. Entirely too pretty. Like, plus, oh, my God, having kids in the middle of COVID, and you got to homeschool them? No, oh, thank right? you. That was, like, my favorite oh, God, thing that no. happened throughout this whole thing. Is like It was, like, right when it happened. Uh, somebody posted online talking about, like, uh, uh, I bet all you uh, people who are glad you didn't have kids are super happy now. Like, yes, yes, glad we yeah. are. Oh, my God, because you can't leave. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, man. Uh, but um, we've been talking here for uh, an hour and seven minutes. So one thing I like to do before I let you go is I'm going to ask you a final question. This question has nothing to do with uh, anything that we've been talking about, just to kind of cleanse the palate. Mm-hmm. And it gives some weird crap to end it off. You ready? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. So uh, you've had some really strange hairstyles. What is the worst uh-huh. hairstyle you've ever rocked? Because I've seen you with, like, whew. So no, what is like, because, like, with my sister, um, when we were kids, mm-hmm. she got her hair uh, layered. And uh, it uh, didn't layer. It just poofed out, and she was stuck with that for, oh, it was the best. There's, like, there's so many photos of me, like, her, and then just, I know, little Josh was dying. Do you have any, like, worst hairstyle you've ever had to rock? Like, you ever tried to do something cute, and it just didn't work out? Yes. So, like, after I went natural, like, I used to perm my hair, right? Put the creamy crack in my head and melted it down so it would be straight. I stopped doing that and let my hair just grow out how it grows out. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I first, like, started to really let it grow out, like, you have to cut the perm part off because it's just, like, melted straight. It just looks weird. Like, it's curly and there's just this melted straight end. (laughs) So, like, I had to cut that shit off. And, like, I was in college, so I couldn't afford to go to a barber. So I just, like, cut it off. And then, like hope that it wouldn't look terrible and when i tell you i look like somebody's child had taken some scissors to a rag doll oh my god (laughs) it was so bad and like my hair wasn't healthy like it was curly but it wasn't healthy so like parts of it was curly and other parts of it was like just bushy like just kind of like not having no curl it was it was like oh it was a whole ass mess was it like angelica's doll from uh rugrats was it like um was it like yeah uh uh-huh yeah oh Mm -hmm. oh, no yeah it was (laughs) it was not the move and like i had already shaved the sides so like i was also trying to learn how to like shave the sides of my so I wouldn't have to keep going because I had I had a mohawk by then I mean I had straight hair but like I had a mohawk by then so like I was trying to shave the sides to like keep up the mohawk because I couldn't afford to go to the barber and like <laughs> when I tell you that my hairline just inched in and in and in and in like it was I would look like fucking SLC punk like it was just like a straight <laughs> fucking thing and I look like a fucking skunk it was so bad <laughs> it was so bad oh God. is there any photographic proof of this or they just have to use my mind's eye um i could probably find something like i think i like after it started to grow out a little bit it was still a strip in the middle but it was bright red and my little brother called me a rooster and that was great it was was awesome that i have pictures of (laughs) (laughs) oh god see even the coolest people you know can have bad days Uh, well, I'm going to do a little outro, but before I do, plug your Instagram. Where's, where can people find your super kick-ass art? 
Um, so it's at Marie's dot inks um, on Instagram, and there's no like apostrophe or nothing. It's literally just Marie's dot inks. And that's that's the only place they can find it. They can't find it on someone's arm out there in the world because you haven't tattooed anybody yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, some of, yeah, some of my stencils have made it onto people, um, and they've like tagged me. So I think that some of that stuff is on there. But me putting it on them myself, no, like <laughs> nothing of that yet. It's just the design. <laughs> well, her stuff is absolutely fantastic. When I talk about when she's talking about pointillism and all this little stuff, you have no idea how many details that she puts on these things. They look great, and she just passes it off like, oh it's just just something i did i just i drew this the other day like uh, you know like whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) so definitely go check it out um and again i want to thank you for coming out and hanging out with me um it's been great you You were super nervous and look it was fun we had a good time i had a good time and if you didn't well (laughs) i did of course i did i miss our little hangout (laughs) me too me too um so basically if you're out there and you're interesting just hit me up you know Jenna made me this super awesome website. It's uh, www.bitterandjadedpodcast.com, or you can email me directly. It goes straight to my phone at bitterandjadedpodcast at gmail.com. And we can sort something out. Right now, we're just over the phone, you know, just hanging out, two friends mm-hmm. hanging out. And it's super easy. And I'll do all the work. All you got to do is be yourself. So, again, thank you, Marie. <laughs> thank you, anyone out here who's taking the time to listen to me. And um, I guess we'll catch you later i never know how to end the podcast you figure out how to end the podcast marie go in the podcast it's been real (laughs) thank you so much